This is the NRL.com Final Series Podcast. And then there were four. Hello and welcome to the NRL Finals podcast. Adrian McMurray alongside Chris Kennedy and Martin Gabor to run you through the penultimate weekend of the 2017 Telstra Premiership season. You can find us on Twitter at Adrian McMurray, at CKennedy80 and at Martin J. Gabor. Gents, we have two tantalising preliminary finals ahead of us. I thought I'd start by asking, what's your favourite prelim finals moment? First up, good use of penultimate. I haven't heard <laughs> enough of it this week so far. Let's Not enough. like to really get that ramped up as we move forward. Um, I was thinking about this one and I sort of cast uh, back through a, a few scorecards and a lot of the games that I was thinking of turned out to be semi-finals. Um, for example, the 31-30 Roosters-Cowboys epic in 2015, 14? 14. 14. 14. Um, wouldn't be 15 because the Cowboys lost the game that I'm thinking of and they won the 2015 <laughs> grand final. Um, but in terms of actual prelim finals, I think the 2009, it was a, the scorecard was something like 22-12 between the Dogs and the Eels, which doesn't sound all that exciting, but it's packed 75,000 names. They're just a, a thrilling, thrilling game. So that's one of the ones that really jumps out to me. Yeah, it's not so much the games. I mean, actually, the preliminary finals tend to be not blowouts, but there aren't a lot of thrillers. Mm. So I've gone for moments and... Uh, 2013, I think David Williams scored that absurd try against South Sydney in the right corner yep. to, to seal the game. Um, even in 2014, I think Anthony Minicello might have scored with his last touch before he retired. Pretty pretty cool way to, to bow out. Um, and yeah, that 2009 Parramatta Bulldogs, atmosphere-wise, possibly the best um, mm. non-grand final in Sydney's history, I'd say. Absolutely. Yeah, packed house there at ANZ. Well, let's hope that there's going to be uh, plenty more moments that we can uh, talk about in the future happen this weekend. Let's have a look at what is coming up. And it all kicks off this Friday night, Melbourne hosting the Broncos 7.55 at Amy Park. The team news, no changes for the Storm, but for the Broncos, two handy inclusions in the form of Darius Boyd, Darius Boyd <laughs> even, <laughs> uh, and Tavita Pangai Jr., both included. Cody Nikarima shifts to halfback, Benji Marshall back to the bench, and Jai Arrow and David Mead back to the reserve. So we'll start, um, I thought, by looking at the ins for the Broncos. Yep. Uh, Darius Boyd, uh, given compassionate leave, unfortunately, uh, due to the, the death of his grandmother. Uh, yeah. We obviously, our thoughts uh, with, with Boyd and, and his family at this time. Um, those hamstrings concerns seem to be behind them. Yep. Any risk naming them in this one? Well, I guess there's always a, an element of risk. We've seen guys like Moylan and Bevan French come back early-ish from hamstring strains and then get rubbed out for a longer period. It, it sounds as though they've they've managed Boyd pretty carefully and he was pretty close to playing last week, just not quite right at the, the captain's run. Um, he's a massive inclusion for them. I thought they were fairly underwhelming against Penrith. Um, with due respect, they obviously did enough uh, to win the game Penrith, I think, were, were very disappointing in that game and still, you know, were within a try of levelling up late in the game. So that should be a little bit of a concern for Brisbane. I think they missed Darius, um, his direction quite badly. Um, I think against the Roosters, they really missed him in defence, just organising their, their structure. But against Penrith, I think they really missed him in attack and I think he's going to make a big difference to them. Um, they're going to need to be a lot better against uh, Melbourne Storm. Yeah, you touched on Doris, I'll take uh, Tevita Pangai Jr. Um, I think he's a key in for them, especially against Melbourne. Um, you look at his size, I mean, they're not the biggest pack Brisbane and Melbourne just have big boppers galore. So his size would definitely uh, be handy. And also his second phase footy. I mean, you're not going to beat Melbourne just ploughing up 
trundling through the middle of the field. You need offloads, you need, and especially late offloads, and I think that's one of his uh, biggest strengths. He can sort of have two or three guys around him and then pop a freakish pass. We saw that ball he delivered to James Roberts. I mean, mm. no, that's not possible. Just but about he, the pass of the season. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think he he's a really massive in for them, um, you know, sort of horses for courses mm. way. What do we think about Benji back to the bench, who's been, I think, one of their, their better players over the closing of the season, but I guess Cody Nicarima had to be in the starting side? Well, Cody Nicarima's got a pretty good record, I think, in well, the yeah. number seven jersey this year. Was it 11 from 12 games, is it, Adrian? Yeah, 11 from 12. So it's a, it's a handy record to have. Um, he, he did well as well at fullback. Um, you know, mm. the, the criticism was he didn't have the height, the leaping ability, but we saw him last week. He can, he can uh, match yeah. it with the best. Well, he outjumped uh, Dylan Edwards <laughs> for an absolute specky there at an important juncture. And that there was one game where he got pushed out to the wing um, earlier in the season. And I think, was it Cowboys' Carl Felt? Someone, I forget who they were playing. Yeah, I mean, there was... Tupo. Someone just gave him a bit of a bath. But um, wing, obviously, height, I think, is more important than fullback. Yeah, I mean, obviously, last year... I think it was last year against Melbourne at Suncorp. Um, he was shifted to a wing. I think Oates might have come off injured. And he also hurt his shoulder. Yeah. And Vinavali just had a field day leaping oh, above him. Game? Yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, just Benji on the bench, I mean... It's a luxury to have a, a yeah. guy with such experience, especially in big games. Uh, he'll, he can come on. Um, I think they used him off the bench when they met Melbourne earlier in the year at Amy Park. He think uh, he might have played about ten or fifteen minutes in the middle. I don't think they'll use him that same way. Uh, it's, he belongs in the halves when he comes yeah, on, and um, his kicking game's been basically on point this final series. And against Melbourne, you need someone to kick into the corners and find the grass. So, yeah, him coming off the bench, I don't know how long he'll play, but he's definitely a big in for them. Just quickly on Marshall, what role do you see him playing? Do you see him moving into the halves and forcing a reshuffle with Nicarima mm. perhaps going to hooker? Yeah, potentially Nicarima giving Ben Hunt a spell. Ben Hunt capable of playing 80 minutes and has been really good of late, but I think in a, in a perfect non-injury scenario, that's how Bennett would look to use him. But obviously if there is an injury anywhere in the, the back line or the, the hooking role, then Benji's the perfect guy to come on because they do have guys like Nicarima who can move around. Since 2010, Brisbane have beaten Melbourne three times. And all those wins have been in Melbourne. Obviously, the Storm have a great record uh, against the Broncos and, and a great record this season as well. Uh, 20 wins in the regular season, four losses. Would this season be a disappointment if they fell at this stage? No. Hmm. No. Um, to make the final four is a fantastic achievement. Look at the regular season. I mean, one of the best we've seen in a 26-round competition. Um, yeah, they're the raging hot favourites, but it's sudden death now. Any team can beat anyone. Um, look, they've won 24 from the last 30 against Brisbane. So, and <laughs> so you'd like to think if the form line continues, they'll get it done. Um, they're playing for so much as well. This could be Billy's last, Billy Slater's last game for all we know. Cooper Cronk's last game in Melbourne, possibly his last game for the Storm. So definitely they'll rise for the occasion. Um, but is it a failure if they lose? No, really. I mean, to, mm. to make the final four in such an even competition, be yeah, pretty harsh on them to call it a fail. Maybe not a failure, but you'd think for a, a team that's been clearly the dominant team all year to be minor premiers, three wins clear, um, and then to earn the week off after week one of the finals to not make the grand final, you'd have to think would be a, an underachievement for what they're... It, it's a missed op It'd be a missed opportunity, I think. Uh, you consider how dominant they've been for the last five to ten years. If they weren't to win this, 
they'd have, what, one premiership in 2012, basically, to count for what they've done. I mean, yeah. it doesn't look great. And we know premiership windows are so small, so if they were to miss out this year, definitely their chances less than next year, given who they lose. So, uh, especially given the heartbreak of last year, if they were to suffer a similar fate in 2017, yeah, a missed opportunity, but not a fail for me. Just before I get your tip, I want to ask you if the, if either of these sides win, so well, one of them's going to win, if the Storm win, <laughs> it's a spectacular draw and, and no one qualifies <laughs> for the grand final. Unbelievable scenes. If the Storm win, who is the key man, uh, Martin? For the, oh, it's Cameron Smith. Um, always, especially against Brisbane, he's got a fantastic record against Brisbane. He'll just pick out... Picks out their ruck. I think he scored against them at Suncorp earlier in the year. Um, that left foot kicking option uh, makes a big difference, kicking out a dummy half. And, yeah, he just gets those forwards on the front foot and links up with uh, the big three like no-one else. So, yeah, he's the go-to man for Melbourne. Jesse Bromwich and Jordan McLean for mine. If they can give Cameron Smith the, uh, the time and space to do what he does, then I don't think Melbourne can be stopped. All right, and how do we see this one playing out? Is it Melbourne's game to lose? Yeah, I think so. I think um, one of those close for 60 minutes and then Melbourne will just, once they get a sniff of, you know, the, the home stretch and being in front, they'll, they'll close it out. Um, got eight tips wrong in a row, um, <laughs> so no pressure. Um, I'm going to tip the Storm. I think they're going to come out hard. Um, they've tended to do that in the past. I think they played Brisbane in five final series in a row from 2005 to 2009. And a few of those are real blowouts um, on the back of really fast starts. So I think look to Melbourne to exploit um, to exploit that in the first 20 minutes, like the Roosters did to the Broncos in week one of the finals. Melbourne to win by 14. And I will make it uh, three on the spin. I don't know if that's the turn of phrase, but we'll go with it. I will say <laughs> free, the store. Three spins, spins on the pokies. <laughs> Just all sorts of turns of phrase coming out in the podcast this week. I'll go the Storm as well in a tight one. Let's move our attention to the fantasy match day game. Um, obviously, some, some real fantasy favourites in this one in Cameron Smith, uh, Cameron Munster. Um, James Roberts did well last week as well. Sure um, did. Who are you sort of looking at to, to stick with this one? Yeah, I mean, Cam Smith's a no-brainer at uh, number nine. You probably get a little bit creative in the uh, the rest of the the positions forwards. Um, you've got guys like you know Gillette up against Kafusi and Torhu Harris, um, Bromwich up against. Is Josh McGuire available at prop this year? Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. So maybe Josh McGuire in the front row and um, Gillette or Kafusi in the back row, and then just go you know go with your try scoring instincts for the backs. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had a quiet regular season, but Jesse Bromwich-Joyce seems to lift in the finals. I think he scored a try in both the prelim and the grand final last year, um, and he went very close in week one against Parramatta, so I'll probably be going for Jesse in the front row. And it's a great battle in the centres. James Roberts, uh, Will Chambers, I know they're playing on different sides of the field. I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. Will... Uh, makes plenty of metres coming out of trouble and has no issue finding the line, whereas James Roberts, if even if it's just one good run, that can be a 30-point play right there. So, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with either of those guys. Alex Glenn, uh, 63 last week as well. Could be a bit of a point of difference, and obviously Billy Slater um, and Ben Hunt getting through a heap of work there in the middle. 
let's turn our attention now to the game on Saturday, the Roosters and the Cowboys, 7.40 at Allianz Stadium. In the team news, Daniel Tupo, he's back in the starting side with Ryan Madison dropping back to the bench. Zane Tedevano's back from suspension as well with Kane Evans, the man to drop to the reserves. No changes for the Cowboys just yet. <laughs> there was a rather handy inclusion among the reserves. We could see Matt Scott for the first time since round two. Well, to start off with Matt Scott, I can't see any chance of him playing his first game in six or seven months in a preliminary final. Paul Green himself came out and said if the week goes as planned and no one else is injured that Scott won't play. Um, I've stopped short of calling it mind games, but um, Paul Green sort of said it was a, you know, he felt duty-bound to include Scott after all the work he'd done to sort of get himself right, but it would be some sort of comeback to return from an ACL at this stage. Yeah, I mean, players have come back in mm. six or seven months, but, yeah, just given the occasion, given the position he plays and given the Roosters pack, I've, yeah, I, long odds for Matt Scott to play this weekend. Yeah. We saw Cohen Hess was under a bit of an injury yep. cloud with a knee issue himself. Um, you know, does that play play any part in, in the, the thought process? Mm. Well, it sounds like he's okay. I haven't, like, when he did it, I thought he's going to be out for four to six weeks, but I haven't heard any noise coming out of the, uh, you know, the Queensland media that he's in doubt, so maybe they're just going to ice him up and he can't be 100%, but it sounds like he's going to play. I thought he scored a try five minutes after the injury anyway, <laughs> so if that's him playing half fit, then watch out Roosters. Yeah. Speaking of the Roosters, their 5'8", Luke Keary, uh, has had a bit of, a bit of food poisoning earlier in the week. Mm. It sounds like he should be good to go. You guys were, were there on Monday, yep. I believe. I was there on Monday and Tuesday. It's oh. been a Roosters-y sort of week. There you go. And, of course, the, the one-on-ones you had in sort of a, a nice sort of romantic <laughs> setting. I feel like there should have been some R&B play, you know, pumping Zachary, through the I didn't realise I was coming in for date night, but we had a nice little <laughs> chat. Um, on the uh, on the Keery side of it, we spoke to Mitch Pearce yesterday and um, Dean Ritchie from The Telegraph was asking him about Keery and I uh, waited for that to finish up and I said, oh, Mitch, how is Keery at the moment? And he gave me this blank stare, like, what is this guy asking me? And I said, he's been a bit crook. No, he hasn't, he got, hasn't he gone home? And Mitch was like, oh, yeah, no, I saw him today. He's fine. So he, he legit didn't even know what I was talking about. So I don't think uh, the concern within the Roosters camp is too great for, for Kiri's well-being. Yeah, I asked Connor Watson on Monday, and he said he was just more upset that he'd lost his NFL fantasy. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how serious this is. But to miss two days, I mean, you'll send home twice. I know that... Uh, we can laugh at it, but there is something there. And mm. if he is ruled out, Connor Watson will step in. Yeah. Well, the the talk is food poisoning, right? So unless they're just completely lying about what's wrong with him, then it's something that... I mean, I've had food poisoning and it's absolute death for 24 to 48 hours, yeah. but you do shake it off and he'll be, he should be easily right by Saturday if that's all it is. Now, there's been a lot of talk about the, the Roosters being the last remaining team in Sydney, the last remaining New South Wales team, and the call for fans of other teams to you know put their loyalties aside for one weekend or potentially to get behind the roosters do fans do they need to do this uh, well it depends how you want to make it out i mean you can go down the sort of state of origin path and say well it's them against us but if i'm a south sydney fan which I'm not, but if I were <laughs> a south sydney fan i'd find it very difficult to support the roosters Look, as someone who has lived in the eastern suburbs for a while, there's definitely a perception of people from that area, um, the sort of haves against the have-nots, the elitist approach. And um, 
look, the Roosters have had a lot of success as well, so it's not like the Rabbitohs of 2014, for example, where New South Wales can get behind them because they hadn't won for so long. This is a team that's played in, what, four of the last five preliminary finals, so they're not the underachievers. This, this is par for the course for them. A lot of the players, I think, are resigned to the fact that they're not going to get the outside support of teams like Manly or Parramatta or, yeah, South Sydney. Um, so... They're going to have to rely on their members and um, just rugby league fans in general to come down and, and support them, I think. Yeah, well, and we, one of the things we love about rugby league is this tribalism. And if you, you know, if you live in Sydney, if you support Para, you're supposed to hate Manly. If you support Dogs, you're supposed to hate Para and, yeah. you know, all this stuff. So if you're, you know, a Penrith fan or a Manly fan, you're not going to be throwing in with the Roosters as against, you know, the Cowboys who are a bit of everyone's sort of second team, I think, because they're just... I mean, A, they're a pretty hard team to hate in general, but they're so far away that they don't sort of capture that, that local tribalism that, that Rugby League's so famous for. Um, interesting that you touched on sort of the privileged, decent suburbs. Lade Sippers, there's definitely a bit of that going around for the club overall and, you know, Uncle Nick and all the rest of it. Even though the players themselves, you know, Cordner and Latrell Mitchell are both from Taree and, you know, Connor Watson's from Newcastle. A lot of them haven't grown up in this privileged little bubble, but they're now part of this, you know, Bondi you know, culture that um, sort of everyone else's views as the, the privileged team that they, you know, like to knock off the perch. Well, that's it. While Jake Friend runs a cafe, I mean, Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Tupo still lives in Orb and I think Zane Tedavano's up on the central coast. Yeah. But, uh, look, you might not support the Roosters, but that's not to say you shouldn't still go to the game. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, it's still a preliminary final. If you're a footy fan, this is an absolute must-see clash. If their 2014 game is anything to go by, I think, 31-30, but that doesn't. That's not even half of it. It was 30 nil after about 30 minutes for the Roosters, and then with 20 minutes to go, it was 30 all. Maloney kicks a field goal, 31-30, and then JT has a try disallowed after the siren. I mean, it's really Outrageous. if we get anything half as good as that, yeah. then you're getting your money's worth. That's exactly the point I wanted to make. You don't necessarily need to support the Roosters to go to the game. You can go to the game to support the Cowboys. You know, you might be a South fan and you you really want to see you know the <laughs> Roosters stumble at this this point. Uh, get behind the Cowboys or just go and enjoy the spectacle. You know, uh, there's only obviously two prelims. It's it's uh, the most exciting time of the season and, you know, uh, it'd be great to see a, a big crowd there for, for mm. two quality, quality footy sides. Yeah, and uh, this is one that sort of confuses me a little bit because a lot of fans will just say, if my team's not playing, I don't want to go. Like, I can only speak for myself, but long before I worked in anything to do with rugby league, my mates and I would make it a, a mission to go to the, the SFS and, mm. you know, have a, have a drink beforehand and just enjoy a good game if it was, you know, Roosters v whoever it was. Didn't need to be anyone's teams playing, but it's just a, you know, it's a great venue to get out and watch some footy and doubly so if it's a, a final, a prelim final with a grand final spot on the line. Well, that's it. I mean, you make a day of it. Yeah. Um, you can enjoy the East, as I put in one of my stories earlier in the week. <laughs> I need to do in Double Bay or Bondi, but even if you're in the area, go up for Vaux Street. There are a few bars. You can go to the Entertainment Quarter at Fox Studios. Plenty of eateries, a couple of pubs there if you want to just chill with some mates. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic night. It's Saturday, 7.40, so you can go out after. It's Make a day of it, make a night of it. All right, let's look at uh, your tip and who you think is going to be the man for both sides. Uh, CK, I'll start with you. Who's the man for the Roosters? I, um, well, my, my tip, the, the longer the week goes on, the more I'm leaning towards the Cowboys, actually. They just haven't looked the last two weeks like a team that scraped into eighth spot. They've been so resilient, so professional, so convincing. Um, Morgan and Tamalolo obviously getting all the headlines, but right across the board, you look at what you know Scott Bolton, Ethan Lowe, Gavin Cooper are, are doing for this team there. Um, 
they're not going to be easy beats by any stretch and they're not going to go away. Key players, um, I think Morgan and Tamalolo for the Cowboys. For the Roosters, I think probably their, their halves are both going to have to have a big game. Um, lots of focus on Kiri, but um, Mitch Pearce, I think I saw a stat today, he's got the best winning percentage in finals of any active half in the NRL at the moment. So these guys are going to need to um, to really direct proceedings well for the Roosters to have a chance. Yeah, I'm surprised the Queensland media haven't beat up the Mitchell Pearce state of origin um, stats lately. Um, still, still have plenty of time for that. I actually think Boyd Cordner might be the key man. He's he's such a big game player. Um, he loves Allianz Stadium, scores plenty of tries there. Um, and just everyone gets behind him, gets on his back. His courage runs, runs a great line. Should have scored a double against the Broncos. I don't know how he tripped over with no one <laughs> yeah. in front of him. Um, and his battle with Ethan Lowe. I mean, Ethan Lowe was just about man of the match last mm. week. A couple of try saves, a gut-busting chase. Um, so I'm looking, yeah, Boyd on that, that whole left edge, though. Boyd Cordner onto Latrell, onto Daniel Tupo. That's the Roosters' go-to edge. And yeah, if they get a bit of momentum going there, they could be very hard to, to stop. I'm kind of leaning towards what you were thinking, CK. Initially, I was like, this Roosters easy. But the more the week goes on, I think on the back of, yeah, Taumalolo, Michael Morgan, uh, you know, Jake Granville needs to stand up as well. Lock and Coote's been great. Uh, I think the Cowboys might uh, might surprise a few people and and make the the grand final. Mm. Well, I've tipped against them the last two weeks, and I thought they're they're no chance against the Sharks. They're out of path. The Sharks are just building up with some semi-finals football, and then they they got through that one in this sort of thrilling 90-minute epic. And I thought, well, the Eels have you know had an extra day's rest and not coming off a, a 90-minute game like the Cowboys are. They're going to be shot. They've sort of played their grand final last week, and they got even better against Parramatta, who um, had few answers to, to the Cowboys, who just, yeah, they, they look like they're really building at the moment. They play for the 80 minutes. They get through their sets. They make you beat them. Now, the Roosters, when they're on, they're on, and no one can cut, no one can touch them, but it's whether they can play for the 80 minutes. They haven't done it yet. They played 75 against Melbourne a few a couple of months ago, and that's about the closest we've seen. So they'll have to be on. Um, I've tipped the Roosters. I think they've won nine in a row at Allianz. Um, so, yeah, you'd be a brave man to go against the Cowboys given the momentum they've generated this final series. Uh, but I'm going to go the Roosters by about two tries. Well, whatever happens, it's going to be a fantastic game. Yeah, tickets are available at nrl.com slash tickets. Let's turn our attention now to fantasy quickly. Uh, Tamalolo, unbelievable the last two mm-hmm. weeks, 167. No, 167, not 167. That would have been... Almost a record, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I believe so. Uh, Michael Morgan as well, 66 and 71 um, in the last two weeks. Uh, these guys are lock? Uh, Tamalola certainly is. Um, I can't even as good as guys like Corder and that are. I can't leave Tamalolo out of the back row. Half's the interesting one because Mitchell Pierce was basically the, the primo half along with Sean Johnson all season. Morgan's been in great form through the finals. It's a big call to make between those two and it probably comes down to who you're tipping on the day. I'd say Mitchell Pierce has the kick metres, the tackle bust, the offloads. He loves taking on the line. There's plenty of run metres. He's almost a vice-captaincy option for me. Um, mm. He has been most of the year in Thursday match day. Uh, the outside backs... I mean, Latrell Mitchell, 64, um, mm. you know, in week one of the finals, that was fairly impressive. Of course, he had that, that try that r- really would have earned him a lot of points, but it could be a bit of a point of difference. Yeah, someone like Kyle Felt. I mean, yeah. I think he went the first nine games without scoring. He's got 14 in his last 17 matches. He's one of the best finishers in the game now. So he's definitely one to look at as well. Yep. 
All right, yeah, plenty of fantasy stars available uh, to pick in this one. Fantasy.nrl.com is the place to go, and of course, the fantasy app uh, on your mobile. Pick your match day side, and you never know, you could walk away uh, with a bit of cash just on the on the run home. 2,000 smackaroos, I believe. Oh, oh look out. That's <laughs> enough to retire with, I reckon. Oh, just about. How good is fantasy? We'll pay your week's rent if you're looking bond, I hope. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> we'll turn our attention now to the Holden Cup, and we're down to the last four, but there's no Cronulla Sharks. What happened to the minor premiers? I, I don't know. I'm meant to be an analyst, but I don't, I don't know. Um, they were unbackable favourites to win the competition a month ago on the back of 15-game winning streak. But they look, they sort of limped into the finals with two two losses and then out in straight sets. Unbelievable. I know they had Britton Nikoros as Bender, Jack Williams, their star 5'8's been out for the last few months with um, hamstring issues, but still, they had plenty of class on the paddock and... They've been made to look like easy beats the last two weeks. Parramatta just took it to them from the get-go in week one. And then Manly, who limped into the finals in eighth spot, just smashed them. Can we talk about Tom Wright for a second? Yeah. He'd had some sort of game. <laughs> so uh, Tom Wright's an inter interesting one. He's a rugby convert. I remember watching a game he played against the Roosters earlier in the year. I don't know if he didn't know the rules, but he fielded a kick in his own in goal and then try to grubber it oh, ahead. That was that one. <laughs> it ricocheted off a teammate and the Roosters scored. I'm like, oh no, who is this poor kid? He, he's, he's fantastic. 18 tries, 11 tries this, this season. Plenty of speed. Got a hat-trick on the weekend. Two of those from one-on-one -on -one strips. I mean, this kid can play. We'll start with that game then, the, the Dragons and the Seagulls in the, in the first prelim. Um, Dragons finished top four. Manly scraped in in eighth spot. But, uh, you know, could Manly make the grand final here. There's one stat that goes in Manly's favour and it's a really scary one. So the Dragons before 2017 had made the finals five times. They reached the preliminary final on all five occasions and lost every time. So they've never made a grand final. They always lose at this stage of the season. So history is definitely against them on Saturday afternoon. The Holden Cup prelim hoodoo for the, <laughs> yeah. the Dragons just can't overcome. The other one, a Western Sydney derby, uh, the Eels and the Panthers. Um, you know, both top four sides, uh, both impressive at, at times during the season. How do you see this one playing out? I like what Parramatta are doing. I really do. They dismantled uh, the Sharks, as I said, in week one. And a lot's been made about Semirad Radra's uh, departure, but they have a ready-made replacement in Greg Lalesio. He is a beast on the wing. Um, he's had, what, 223 tackle breaks this year. Had 17 against Cronulla and scored a double. Um, he is a freak of an athlete. And if he gets any sort of room, he, he towers over these Penrith wingers. So, yeah, watch out, Penrith. All right, so, uh, and just to, to wrap things up there, your, your tips for the weekend. I know they weren't so successful last week, but <laughs> see how you go this time. I'll tell you, my 20s tipping was actually really good in the pre in the regular season, but you know, I've choked yet again in the finals. Um, I'm actually tipping Manly. There's always a team in the 20s that gets on a roll and I think yeah, should sneak home in a tight one. And Penrith are looking for their third straight grand final, which would be a, an amazing achievement, but I'm actually going with Parramatta. Uh, by uh, 10 points. All right, CK, quickly your NYC tips. Uh, same, Parramatta and Manly. 
Beautiful. There we go. We could see a Paramanly Grand Final, which would be a great way to cap things off in that competition. That's about us for the third week of the finals podcast. You can get your tickets for the weekend's action at nrl.com slash tickets, and you can find us on Twitter at Adrian McMurray, at CKennedy80, and at Martin J. Gabor. Enjoy the preliminary finals, and we'll be back next week ahead of the big one. Not long to go now until the 2017 Grand Final. Register now to play Finals Fantasy at fantasy.nrl.com. Tickets are available to finals games at tickets.nrl.com forward slash finals. This has been the nrl.com finals series podcast.